0: God, we celebrate who you are and what you are, that you are limitless, that your potential has no end. God, we know you inhabit the praise of your people, but God, you know we're living in this messed up, whacked up, jacked up world. And Father, in this world that you created relationships to be a beauty, you created them for us to revel in them, not to wrestle against them. And yet, God, there's so many relationships that are messed up. And so, God, this weekend in a unique way, would you take the word of God that is a hammer and break hard hearts? Would you take the word of God that is a fire and purify our thoughts? Would you take the word which is a sword that cuts between the thoughts, the intentions of the heart, the spirit, and the soul? God, would you do a work that only you can do? Or would you release your word and accomplish that? Would you send it out to do? God, we believe it and we receive it. And in Jesus' name, we pray it. And all God's people said, Woo, come on, give him praise as you have a seat. (laughs) Welcome to all of our campuses. We're so excited to have you with us. God is doing a work. We have just, we've been just on the greatest momentum that God has ever given our congregation. And so, all the campuses, we welcome you. We're thrilled to have you. Uh, God behind bars, we love you guys, man. We're praying that revival breaks out at Bledsoe County Correctional. <laughs> excited, excited, what you guys are doing. Uh, if you were here last weekend, uh, Micah preached. Did he? Did he? Did he bring a message? Was the message good? <laughs> it, it was great. I was traveling some of our campuses, and just great to be with you guys. But there was a little fake news given last weekend, and I need to clarify. (laughs) If you're a guest, you're not going to understand this. On Super weekend, we had a preach-off between myself and and a young upstart, our global student pastor, who happens to be my other son. And the fake news was given that Zach won the election. And and I will agree that he won the popular vote, but the Electoral College... (laughs) had not been counted, hadn't been counted, and then everybody over 45 turned in a paper ballot, and when we got those counted, we throttled the young man, come on, somebody help me in the house. So, now, Pastor Zach texted me the Monday after the Super Bowl preach-off and said, hey, Pastor, you need to understand that this Wednesday, I'm going to unleash over a 1,000 students, and they're all going to vote for me, which I thought was erroneous to begin with. But I shared with him, I I hope you enjoyed the last sermon that you'll ever preach at Faith Promise Church. And so that didn't happen. But the real winners of the Super Bowl weekend were the people that got saved, the people that experienced God, (laughs) record attendance. So it was amazing, amazing, amazing. And I just had to say, and you guys know it, you've watched uh, my three kids grow up. Uh, here at Faith Promise, but I'm so proud of the men of God that Micah and Zach have become and their leadership in, in our church and in all that they're doing. So it's great to see you. By the way, in less than a month, we launch our God Behind Bars number two at Morgan County Correctional. God is doing such a work at Bledsoe County that the, that the warden at Bledsoe called the warden at Morgan and said, you've got to get God Behind Bars in. We met myself, Pastor Stephen, Pastor Brandon, and uh, we met with the, the chaplains a couple weeks ago at Morgan, and they said, we've been praying for years for revival, and we believe revival is going to come as you guys bring God behind bars. Matter of fact, they said, we're, we're, we're putting the campus inside the prison. Only 900 men of the 2,400 men can go. Can you guys go multi-site in Morgan County? I said, I believe we can take care of that. So, man, it's exciting. All because of you guys have bled so... Keep rocking that place for Jesus. Exciting, say, February, we've been over 8,000, 1,000 people over last year. So there's over 1,000 new people with us this weekend. And we're so thrilled that you've become a part of our family and that you're with us as we are on this journey with God. So we're excited. Next weekend, you heard his fusion. We are thrilled about that. It's going to be great. But now listen, if you are a regular 10 o'clock Pellissippi campus person, and you do not have a student, I'm going to ask you to, to make an u- enormous sacrifice for God and get up an hour earlier and be at the 845 service. Because, see, we won't be able to handle all the people because the students are going to come in here like roaches with the lights cut on. And so we're going to need, if, you, if we can move some people. As a matter of fact, this service is, is, is almost a capacity. We have a few seats left in the grandstands on my right. But we're over 80% full in this room, and our parking lots are maxed, and our kids' ministries maxed. So actually, if some of you guys that love Jesus and love your mother, (laughs) apple pie, if you would move to the 845 service, God truly is up. (laughs) Actually, at, at, at our Blount County campus, we need some people to move because last weekend it was over fire coat at their 10 o'clock service. And so God is doing a work across our campuses and it's exciting. Matter of fact, some of you, if you would, this would help us also, if at Pellissippi Campus, if you would consider moving to Saturday night service at six, uh, it will change your Sunday because we're almost to the point of going to two Saturday night services. We have the second, nobody that comes on Saturday night will have to come back on Sunday. That way, you could be Mary Martha, set one and serve one. And so, if you would actually move to Saturday, it'll help the 10 o'clock. Because, see, there's only two primetime services. And in America, primetime to go to church is between about 9 and 1130. And so, we have two services. You can't get three primetimes. And so, if we can move some people off, that will help us win more people for Jesus. And isn't that what we're all about, Faith Promise Church? Come on. So. Now, some of you I, I just got to tell you uh, honestly, uh, I have never been more burdened that I can remember over message than this weekend. Uh, you know that one of the chief things I do is intercede for you every day, and it 's the most important thing that I believe I do as a pastor and and this week, God peeled back a little of the of the veil and let me look in and You know, a lot of people say, well, let's talk about the real world. For me, the real world is the spirit world. We're in this natural world for a short period of time. Then we'll spend eternity in the spiritual realm. So I view this as more real than the chair you're sitting in. And so God began to peel the curtain back. And and just let me begin to hear the heart cry of faith promisers whose relationships are whacked and jacked, whose marriages are hanging by thread, who, who are struggling at work or in group or in some way. And 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 I was just impressed by the Spirit of God at the breakthrough that people are believing God for in this sermon series. And I just have some good news for you. King David said that Jehovah God is the God of the breakthrough. And God is able to break hearts, break relationships, and mend them and restore them. Our God can. Do y'all believe that? Come on, so let's do it. <clears throat> Now, what we need to be is those of us that are born again, and I know we have lots of people that have not yet made a decision to be a Christ follower. We're just so excited that you worship with us. But the deal is if you name the name of Jesus, then we need to be spirit-filled and mature so that we can build those kind of relationships. And in Philippians chapter 2, Paul is talking about our attitude in relationships, and that's what this series is, A Tale to oldest as Old as Time. Do, how much from selfish or empty conceit? How much? Nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with what? Hability of mind. Now, here's the deal. Only the humble hear. What I've noticed in my 56 years and 35 years in ministry is a lot of people have one mouth and no ears. Are y'all with me? And let me me give you a thought. Listen, if you don't have an ear and nobody can speak into your life, you're going to get so whacked and so weird that nobody's going to be around you when you get older because we don't know what we don't know. We don't know our blind spots, so we've gotta be able to hear. Does that make sense? Are you okay? You don't look okay. Oh, okay, come on. We didn't get started yet. If this is bad, you. oh my mercy. And so, with humility of mind, regard what? As. You wanna know how to have a great relationship, think about everybody else before you think about yourself. One of the things I started a year or two ago, and it was a joke, honestly, I would do something. Michelle would ask me to do something, I said, I'm, I'm here to serve you. And I, I, I wasn't meaning that in some kind of spiritual way. I was, it was ugly about it. <laughs> then she began to say it more, and I would say it to her all the time. She said last night, hey, I'm thirsty. I said, could I get you something to drink? Because I'm here to serve you because you're more important than I am. Because it goes on, it says, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of what? We're to consider others as more important than ourselves, as it goes on in that paragraph. So the deal is this, that relationships are a beauty to behold and not a beast to battle. That's how God created it. He created us, communal creatures, that we would desire for relationships, and they're a beauty to behold. Yet if, we are, if we're just honest, and if you're not very new around here, you need to understand something about promisers, we're raw and real at Faith Promise Church. We don't, we don't put a mask on it. We don't put a face on it. We don't put a spin on it. We just call it like it is. that makes sense? So that we can all grow up in, in all aspects under Christ, Ephesians 4. And so there are, again, marriages that are struggling, groups, people at work, kids that are AWOL, all that kind of stuff. And if we're not careful, what church becomes is the church, for many, church is like a masquerade ball. We come and we dance around, the tail is old as time. We wear our mask. Matter of fact, the reason the world says that we're hypocrites is because the definition of a hypocrite is the one that wears a mask. And many of us, come on, look, if you're, if you're, if you're listening, say, I'm. Many of us have Baltimore masks, depending on who we're with. And we come and we dance at church, and, you know, we, we get out of the car like our is perfect. We have perfect kids. Come on, I've had kids. None of them are perfect. Are you with me? They're all born broken. And so, I mean, it's just crazy. But we, we've, we've learned as Americans that the facade needs to be better than the reality. That's why I hate social media because you see everybody else's highlight reels and you compare your life with their highlight reels. It's crazy. People lie on social media, by the way. You do know that, don't you? And And so we wear these masks. And the problem is when you're wearing a mask, you can't get raw and real and you can't have people speak in your life and you can't overcome issues because you're hiding them. And can I tell you, if there's nobody in the world that you can tell your deepest, darkest secrets to you, are, you are open, pray for the enemy. See, relationships, the way God designed them, regarding the beholding the beauty in relationships awakens the possibilities in your life. I never knew marriage could be so good. Everybody I knew growing up got divorced. I didn't know anybody that stayed married, not, no one. Between my mom, my dad, and my two little brothers, there are 14 divorces now. So I didn't know it. I didn't know, and then I met Michelle's family, and then I married Michelle, and man, it was good, and it's just gotten gooder for 34 years. It just is good. 33 years. Let's go on. All <laughs> I can say is, praise God, she's at another campus this weekend, and if y'all tell her I said that, I will lie. It's not a problem. I'm a grace man, and so. See, the deal is we've got to behold the beauty. It, when we behold the beauty of the relationship, it awakens possibilities. I never dreamed a church could be this large. Who knew in East Tennessee 8,000 people would gather every weekend and worship God and make it and change our region? Who, nobody knew that, but see, it was being around others that awakened the possibility. And I'm going to take a really weird spin this weekend, so I need you to listen and hang on. Are you with me? So Hebrews 6 says, Therefore, leaving the elementary teachings about Christ. Now, Here's the deal. When, the, when, when the, this, this letter was written, it didn't have chapter headings and chapters and verses. It was a letter, like you write a letter. So whenever you see in the Bible, therefore, ask a question. What's it? Therefore. Well, the reason that Paul put the therefore is because he's pointing back up to the last paragraph. So let's go back to the last paragraph in Hebrews chapter 5. Concerning him, that is Jesus, we have much to say. Paul said, I got all the stuff I want to teach you, man. I got all these things of God, and it's hard to explain. Why? Because you have become what? Now, if first century saints had already become dull of hearing, do you think some 21st century saints have become dull of hearing? Absolutely. Become dull of hearing. For though by this time, he said, you ought to be teachers, yet you have need for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food, for everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness. For he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, but who because of what? The disciplines, a personal growth plan. Every day, walking through the doors of discipline that God gives us because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. See, the problem is we have so many infants in the church today that we can't discern between good and evil. Man, churches are arguing, is abortion okay or not? How can you have that conversation? Churches are arguing, is gay marriage okay? Does God see that as okay? Have you ever read a Bible? See, what we've done today is we said, well, if I like it, then I'll agree with God. But if I don't like it, then I'm not going to believe it. Well, if any generation has ever picked and choose from the Word of God, it's us. Anybody out there? Are y'all okay? See, we, we, we've got to have our senses trained. And, and the what, what problem is that a ton of us never graduated elementary school, and yet we're now trying to go to college. Would you agree if you don't know arithmetic, you can't learn algebra? And that's the reason why I could barely get out of college, because I never learned my multiplication. I can't even say it, tables. I couldn't do the 12s, I couldn't do the 7s or the 8s. I still don't know them. Thank God I have a calculator on my phone. Well, if you had to know math to preach, I'd be in trouble. See, you, and what we've got is people that didn't learn the elementary principles. That's what Paul says. You have need of someone to circle back around and teach you the elementary principles. So now he lays out six elementary principles that you have to graduate, pass a test to go to middle school. And they are these. The element, let us press on a maturity, not, and he lists six of them. Not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works. Number one, elementary school, repentance. Turn from your old life to a new life. Amen? 180 degree turn. Number two, and, uh, and, and of faith towards God. It is by grace through faith are you saved. Without faith it's impossible to please God of instructions about washing. The Greek word washing is plural, and it's baptismo. It's the instructions about baptisms, water baptisms, spirit baptisms, other baptisms, and the laying on of hands, number four, the resurrection of the dead, number five, and eternal judgment. Now, do we believe there are eternal judgments? Is everyone that dies without Christ going to hell forever? Are we as believers going to stand before the beaming seat of judgment? How do we take that lightly? Why is there no fear of God? You know why? Because we nod to eternal judgments but we don't know what that really means. See, if we got eternal judgments, the fear of God would rock through this church. And it would change how we live, how we relate to each other, how we talk and how we walk. So what we need to do is we need to go back to the beginning before beginning. And the beginning is elementary school. We got to go back and get a hold of that. So if if we're going to be once upon a time and live happily ever after, one of the things we got to get, and and what I want to focus on is doctor number four of the elementary principles, and that is the laying on of hands. Now, some of you have never had anyone ever lay hands on you and pray for you. But it is a vital teaching. It's elementary school. And so it's throughout the word of God. Let me just give you this rapid fire here. Y'all ready? If you're ready, say I'm ready. Here we go. When the sun was setting, all those who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, Jesus. And after what? Laying Laying hands on them, they were healed. Uh, Next, 1 Timothy 4.4. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was bestowed on you through the prophetic utterance with the what? Spiritual impartation of gifts. Acts 8.18. Now, when Simon saw the spirit was bestowed through the laying on of what? Hands. He tried to buy it. Acts chapter, uh, let's go to the next one, 6.6. 6. And these were brought before the apostles. After praying, they did what? Now, these are the guys who are going to do the meals on wheels. The Hellenistic Jews were not getting the, the daily rations. The church was feeding the widows like they were supposed to, and yet the Hellenistic Jews were getting left. They were complaining. They came to the apostles. The apostles said, hey, listen, we cannot stop it out of prayer and, and the word of God to serve tables. Pick six guys, spiritual studs. We're going to lay hands on them, and they're going to do the meals on wheels ministry. Acts 3.13. The beginning of missions. And when they had fasted and prayed, they did what? Laid their hands on them before they sent them away. And it's over and over. There's spiritual protection. There's impartation. There are all these things that go with the laying on of hands. It is so important that a writer of Hebrews said, it is one of the core elementary teachings or principles or oracles of God. And yet, if we're honest, I've never preached a sermon on it, and we rarely think about it. Is that right? Would you all agree with that? And so the golden rule is treat others like you want to be treated so a golden touch from the golden rule can transfer treasures. When you're laying hands on people, when you're praying for people, believing God to change people. Jesus even touched the disciples all the time. He touched them. He washed their feet. He touched them. Do you know why polygamy is illegal? Not because a guy can't have two wives, but because a guy can only father, be a father to so many sons. Osama bin Laden was the 48th or 49th child of his father. He didn't have a dad. John 13, 30, uh, 33 and 34, speaking of us, the congregation, the family, the household, the assembling of God, a new commandment that I give you, Jesus said, that you what? Even as I have, that you also, and by this all men will know that you are mine if you have One for another. The number one demarcation that we are followers of Jesus is not that we meet on Sunday or Saturday. It is not that we have a Bible. It is not that we meet in a building. It is the love that we have for each other. Is that right? Come on, that's the mark. That's the deal. That's it. And yet, guess what? Does America see the church and say, I might not agree, but that's the most loving group of people I've ever seen? No, they don't say it because some of the meanest people, meanest, striped snakes, go to church. And now we get on social media and we complain about each other, this preacher, that preacher, this church, that church. We bash, we trash, we drag each other through the mud. Even though there are so many warnings against that in the Word of God, people think that they're the Holy Spirit, they're church police. Get a life. Man, listen, if you're going to get on social media, build people up. Don't tear people down. Are you with me? Man, show some love. The church. Is to be a loving family. If all we are is propagating a, a doctrine, then we are not doing what Jesus said. We have got to propagate a loving family. That's what we are. Does that make sense? See, we must be loved before they will believe. When people walk in here lost, they ought to say, man, I don't know about that music. And I'm not sure about that stringy-haired preacher up there running around screaming. <laughs> but I've never felt this kind of love in my whole life. So every Sunday when you come, that person may be sitting next to you this weekend who just got told that they had cancer, or who just got told their spouse was leaving them. And they've come to the house of God hoping that they'll find some kind of, some little little string, little thread that they can hold on to of hope. And they're sitting next to you. And you don't have the option of having a bad day. You've got to love everything that walks, crawls, slides, glides, flies, hives, dies, or rides through every door at Faith Promise Church at every campus, every weekend, all the time. That's what we do. See, the kingdom of God is a relational transformation. We're born again. Man, we get a new heart. We're involved with the family of God. People are laying hands. They're praying for us. There's a transmission. There's a transferal. There's a transition. There's a transformation. And it happens on one way through the laying on of hands. That's that's why it's an elementary principle of God. See, relationships are a beauty to behold that awakens possibilities. I could have never dreamed I'd be where I am, but people still speak into my life, and people still help guide me, and people still open doors for me, and the beauty of the relationships around me help take me and help take us and take you to a whole nother level. That's why God said it's not good for man to be alone. We are communal creatures. We're to do this thing together. And the togetherness, the one othering of each other, the loving of each other, helps us break through every barrier that the devil lays out for us or that the world tries to pull us down with. Now, how many of you use Wi Fi? Anybody ever use Wi Fi? All right. I love me some Wi Fi. You don't have to pay for data. I like that. I like that. And so my kids, which were on my phone, all do videos. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever done a video, it <laughs> sucks the data. You know, five days in the month, I'll, I'll get a note. Your data's gone. <laughs> Killing Michelle's children. And so <laughs> I've been where there's great Wi-Fi, and I've been in places in the world where there's no Wi-Fi. You know what I hate more than that? Low connectivity. Have you ever opened your phone up and it says low connectivity? The little blue, blue demon of death starts swirling. <laughs> and then, you know, you're moving it around and boom, you got a bar. Oh, thank God. And then you start working it all of a sudden, book, Lost connectivity. I hate that. You know, that's what the church does. We promise relationships to new people that come, but we don't always deliver. Because of low connectivity in the house of God. So it's what, it's what we do. That's, listen, intermittent relationships. That's why, it's, it's why groups are so important. It's why, because with, with probably twelve to 15,000 people that come here every month, listen, the only way that we can have strong, all five bar connectivity is to be in groups, serving together, growing together, loving together. Does that make sense? Now, over the years, I've asked a lot of men to lay hands on me. When I was ordained to the gospel ministry, John Yarbrough laid hands on me and that team, and they prayed for me. Then a few years down the road, I began to build a relationship with John Maxwell, and I was having breakfast with him. I said, John, I want you to pray for me. So well, Chris, would you I to pray for you? I said, I want to build the greatest church since the day of Pentecost. He said, oh my, I can pray for that. Then every Sunday, I meet with the pastor of prayer partners, but an hour before the service, and they lay hands on me, and they pray, the fire of God will fall. Every weekend, the captives will be set free, and chains will fall. Eyes will open. Relationships will be restored. I have. And so I've asked a lot of guys to do that, but can I, I'm going to just be honest for a minute, okay? I've always felt like an orphan because I didn't have a dad. And then when I got saved and entered in the ministry, I didn't have a dad that had his hands on me. And so I always felt like an orphan. And listen, when you have an orphan spirit, nothing's ever enough because you never had a provider. And so I was looking for it, man. I was looking for it. I was looking for it. It was a hole in my heart. And I thank God that God adopted me and God put his hands on me. And it made me more dependent upon God than maybe some of my friends. But a couple weeks ago, I was with a group of pastors and I've adopted a new dad. His name is Coach Mullins. He planted a church in in, uh, South Florida and, Took it about 25,000. He'll be speaking next month, and you'll see why I adopted him. And and we were in a group, and, man, I was was down in prayer, and he began to walk around the room, and he he walked over, and he, he laid hands on my head. And he reached out, and he kissed me on the neck, and he whispered in my ear, he said, Son, I'm so proud of what God is doing in your life. First time in my life I heard it. And I just melted. I just melted because it's what I had looked for for 35 years of ministry. I had looked for it. Are you with me? Hungered for it. Desired and never had it. And now I've got it. And I called Coach when I have problems. And, and, and I called him last month. I said, I got one. Can you do this month? And Can you do this weekend in March? He said, it's the only weekend I have free all year, son. You better believe I'll be there for you. And so we, we all desire that. We need that. Now, if you've, been around, if you've been around the last month, some of you don't realize, Zach and Micah are both my sons. and We don't tell many people that. And, <clears throat> and if you're new, then there, there's nothing about that. But if you've been here 10, 15, 20 years, you know what a miraculous thing it was that they're where they are. Cause we called them the Sons of Thunder when they were young, the tornado and the hurricane. They both skipped 80 days of school their senior year and still graduated. It's unbelievable. That you mean, you know, I mean, when when Zach was six, he said, Dad, I want a tattoo. <laughs> I looked at his mother and said, He's gonna be a preacher or a prisoner. One of the two, I'm not sure. But can I tell you something? We, we, watched, we, we, we watched those guys. Listen, listen, I have three kids. And they were born, I laid my hands on my three children. And I've never taken them off. And so when they were going through their, their years of struggling and questioning, when they were in college and Micah didn't know what he believed about, what he believed, you need to understand I had my hands on that boy. And I wasn't about to let the devil or the world have them. See, that's what a spiritual dad does. That's what a biological father does in the spirit. Does that, does that make sense? Are, are you with me? That's what we need, and that's the reason so many quit and so many fall by the wayside in the ministry and church because they never had anyone in relationship that would lay hands on them and pray for them and see gifts fall on them and the spirit of God and protections. Does this make sense? Here's the deal. We win people through what we win them to. And so, so, so the the deal is, the deal is if we win people through events, we got to keep them through events. It's the reason we don't do many because we want to win people through relationships. Does that make sense? Not events, relationships. That's what we're looking for. Those with the golden touch have the greatest impact. People laying hands on you, believing for you, they have the greatest impact on you. Does that make sense? And so, that, man, the doctrine of the laying on of hands, it's just an element of your principle for God, and it's what we have to do. Is he, is he, is this, am I resonating with anybody? Is anybody getting it? Come on, y'all, y'all help me. And so let's, let's be a father factory. Let's be a spiritual father factory. Raise it a man that'll be, as I'm telling you, man, you may be big and bad, and you may act like you don't need it, but deep in the heart of hearts, men, You're looking for somebody to whisper in your, I'm so proud of you. I melted like a third grader when the first time in my life I heard that. There's no transformation without a touch and without accountability. Now listen, what some people want who come to church in the 21st century, they don't want any touch and they don't want any accountability because they want to live their life like they want to live their life. And you are short-circuiting the spirit of God and the power of God and the favor of God when you walk that way. Does that make sense? So every weekend at Faith Promise, every time you meet in your small group, every time our students meet, it ought to be a, it ought to be a relational reunion. So here's the deal. Man, I, I, I'm, here's the deal. I don't know where you are, Spiritual, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you had a great dad or no dad or a bad dad. I don't, I don't, I don't know, but I know this: that God the Father wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with you. And you say, "But you, you don't understand my past." Let me, let me just, let me give you four things real quickly. Can I give these to you real fast? Four things about relationships. If there's good, if there's good, if you're going to have a good relationship, four things. It's got to be other-focused. Self-dest, selfishness destroys relationships. Kills them. Number two, you've got to be spirit-filled so that you're not walking around waiting for your feelings get hurt all the time. Number three, you've got to be transfer- transparent if you want transformation. You gotta, you've got to open up. Listen, if nobody knows your deepest, darkest secrets, you're in trouble. Somebody's got to know it. And number four, are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. ready. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. You say, you don't know what's been done to me. I really don't. You know what my dad did or my coach did? You you don't know what's been done to me. I don't, but I know what you did to Jesus, and you crucified him. Every evil thought, every lustful thought, every lie that you would ever tell, everything you ever stole, every evil thing you ever did was wrapped up in a wad and laid on the back of our Lord, and he died on the cross for you, and nobody has treated you like you treated Jesus. So let it go. And you can't roll into a fabulous future if you're hanging on to the pain in the prison of the past. Let it go. Don't let your past hold you back. Let's move into a happily ever after. Come on, it's a tale as old as time. So if you're ready, some of you would, this man, all of our campuses, you're ready to say, I want want Jesus. Because I'm telling you, after I first got saved and I didn't have a dad, every morning when I opened my Bible and I got with God, he would wrap me up with his arms and say, son, I love you. And now in my quiet time, I call him dad. I went from heavenly father to the Hebrew word Abba, and now I say, my dad, my heavenly dad, that's how I talk to him in my prayer time, and he wraps me up. And now i got a physical dad. Coach Mullins, life is just too good. If you're ready to have a relationship with that father in heaven, with every head by every eye closed, if you're ready, just pray this with us, this confessional prayer. Say, dear Jesus, I know we're separated. I know that I've sinned and I've missed the mark. And I'm so sorry. I repent. I turn away from my sin and I turn to you. I put all my faith in you. Save me. Make me new. Give me good relationships. And fill me with your love. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Come on, somebody give God some praise in the house. Has it been good to be in the house of God this weekend? Wow. Now, the folks that are leaving are getting ready. They're going out to positions to help serve you as you leave. If you're not involved in a small group, if you go through those center doors at Pellissippi, there's an step area. Somebody will help you. Just get connected. There'll be pastors up front in a few minutes to to pray with you if you need to pray. If you just gave your heart to Jesus, if you'll at least fill out the communication card in front of you, drop it in our offering box because we want to be able to reach out to you and help you with your next step. Because listen, you don't have a baby in the hospital and leave it on the steps. You bring it home and you help nurture. That's what we want to do is help you grow. Amen? Now here's the deal. Next week in Fusion, if you do not have a student, if you will move to the 845 service, how many, okay, how many will say, Pastor, I'll move to the 845 for you next weekend? Lock the doors. Ushers, lock the doors. Ho- hold them up, hold them up, hold them up, hold them high. I can't see them. Somebody take a picture. <laughs> the video camera out. All right, 845 next weekend. Listen, next weekend we finalize the series as Tell As Old as Time. It'll be a baptism weekend. We will have tons of new families with with 1,200 people signed up for Fusion next weekend. I got to tell you, you know what? It's so thrilling to get to be your pastor and to do this deal together. Let's be in a relationship. Hey, let's lay hands on people. Let's protect people. Let's be together. Amen. Are we a family? Love you. Be blessed. See you next weekend.